Welcome back to the NBA Playoff Banter Podcast. It's been two weeks since we did a show. Not much to talk about in the final back-to-back years, actually. Now, life got in the way uh, for Marshall. He lost his voice. Uh, the only voice he need, you know, could even use, uh, being a teacher, he needed that. So we had to shut this puppy down. We, we thought we were going to take a break anyway. We usually do before the playoffs. But we are here now for the playoffs. Like I said, the NBA Playoff Banter Podcast is back again. It's good to be back. And we're going to break down all these game ones. I mean, Saturday, two out of the four games are very competitive. That Golden State sack for game one series in general looked great on paper. Boy, did we get ourselves a good game. And then on Sunday, yesterday, three out of the four road teams won. And one of the road teams that didn't win got their ass kicked. That's a Timberwolves. So that's all we need to talk about on that series. Uh, but, yeah, it was pretty crazy, man. Uh, you had Ja and Giannis go out. Seems like Giannis is, uh, they're a little bit more optimistic about his return. MRI came back. Good. So that, that's good. Uh, speaking of injury, Hero broke his hand in that one. But we had all sorts of upsets and just like, huh, LA won. Miami upset the Bucks, obviously, with Giannis going out. The shorthanded Clippers beat Phoenix. Uh, that was pretty big. Uh, the Knicks got a win on the road. I mean, it, it, we knew this thing, especially in the West, right? It, it might take a little while for these uh, East to get really like, oh, I'm really pumped about the matchup. But I think we're going to have some really – I think that Knicks-Cavs series is going to be really good. But, um, yeah, man, we knew the West was going to be wild, Marshall. We, we knew it. We totally knew it. But, man, uh, it is 100% wild so far. If this is your first time listening to the NBA Playoff Banter Podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropadope Radio. Um, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropadope and download the show there. You can if you want it. If not, you can find this year NBA show um, under the Ropadope Radio platform on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Player FM, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Spricker, Stitcher, a host of other places. One more thing. Uh, while you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com or Sports News 24. And one more thing here. Get your TV together without the hassle of cable. Direct TV stream. Stream the best entertainment and sports, starting with 75 live channels. And for a limited time, save $120 over the first year when you get any packaging by the Direct TV streaming device. There's no annual contract, Ugh. no annual contracts, no hidden fees. Plus, learn how to get premium channels included for the first three months with qualifying packages. Sign up today, Direct TV Stream. Okay, go ahead and bring in my co-host Marshall. Man, what a fun first couple days! Pretty fun playing as well. Um, like I said, we knew the West was going to be wild, and wild it was. Yes, uh, that that's a, a great answer. And, uh, I mean, to know that LeBron is a seven seed, but uh, that team had played like a seven seed. Man, we're, and, and the King, it's, it's cool to have Sacramento back. Um, talk about a fan base who – what had a really good run in the early 2000s, late 90s, and that's one of those teams where 
that's only the sport team that city has. They've, they've been a, a, a loyal fan base for a long time and have had very few moments to enjoy. Um, obviously I'm cheering for the Warriors. That's been my team for a long time, but it was cool to see just a fan base have their first game in over a decade and win the game and just have a really raucous environment. So yes, the West is a lot of fun. Um, predictions are kind of just wide open right now, Chris. And yeah, we're the, the West is, I, dude, I don't know. It, it I, I think you could, if you, let's just say when we were making our, um, college basketball predictions, it's like, Hey, this is a wide open tournament, uh, for March Madness. I right. think it's kind of the same for same for the West this year. Like the Lakers could win the West. I think KD could win the West. I think Kawhi Leonard, if they're healthy, could win the West. The Grizzlies, like they had a good year. Like if Jaws healthy, like you could make an argument for a lot of teams, Chris. And that's normally not the case for the NBA. The NBA normally it was like, hey, I'll give you two teams and you give me like the field. Like and you could normally do pretty well, but. Yeah, yeah or like, like I can't wait to the Western Conference final, or I can't wait till this series, or you know, you'd be looking at future series and stuff. Yeah, and in this situation this year, uh, I mean, even with the play, and the plans were a bit crazy, and now you got any team can really kind of go on a run. I feel that like the media really doesn't talk much about Denver. Like Denver's kind of the hidden, like nobody team people are talking about, but. You know, if they could ever stay healthy, this is a team who for the past three to four years probably has the best overall regular season record combined, but they seem to lose a body every year in the playoffs. So would it shock you if Denver made the finals? No. Like, I, I think they could. Like, Denver's kind of the quiet, hidden team, but, Chris, they're the ones. And they had a weird ending to the season, too, you know? They they didn't play that well. They they, they haven't played that well in a little bit. Um, hell, their their, their coach their You're coach right. called them soft and said if you guys yeah, play yep. this we're gonna bounce out of the playoffs. Uh-huh. But and Murray kind of messed up his thumb a little bit, and they have been stumbling. But uh, that third quarter, they looked damn good last night. I'll tell you, that. thirty-two to fourteen. <laughs> yes, they did. Uh, so we're gonna start in the West. Um, the first. Western Conference play-in game, or excuse me, playoff game after the play-ins was uh, Golden State-Sacramento. Um, I am a Golden State fan. I became a fan of them when they were with the Baron Davis magical run against the Mavs. I'm not a bandwagon jumper. I've, I've, I luckily chose them. And they, in this sport, yes. Yeah, in this, this sport. <laughs> they, they, they've won me a lot of, a lot of uh, games, and I've enjoyed watching this team. And I think that this dynasty is about to end here soon, but they're, they, Again, could they do it? Possibly, sure, absolutely. But for the first game of game one in the series, um, the Kings, who had 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 not had a playoff game for 16 years, were able to become victorious, 126 to 123. Um, if you've been listening to the media, Mike Brown's idea of how to win the series is to have his team run, and you have the I believe that statistically, Chris, the two most up-tempo teams in the playoffs. So if you're looking for fun games to watch, um, you should see high-scoring games every game of the series. Uh, Golden State uh, actually came out in the first half and had a bit of a lead kind of throughout the whole first half. They were up six and a half, five and a half. Um, but that's because Sacramento came out cold. Probably some first-half jitters. Probably people were nervous. The stadium was going nuts. They started out shooting 0-15 on threes, which is rare for a team because they're – Shot the three ball really well all year. They were they're the highest scoring team in the league, or right up there with Golden State. So uh, the the Kings got a little nervous lately. They can't again. They came out a little sluggish, and 
the Warriors, that team has seen it all, been through it all. You know, they're not going to – I mean, obviously, the, like I said, the Kings environment was crazy, but uh, guys like Curry and Clay, they what what is a road game for them? Like those guys have been doing it for about – well, they sure didn't play good on the road this year, I'll tell you that. But, yeah, you're right. You're right. No, you're right. And, and yeah, on the road this year, the Warriors were horrendous. They had a record of, like, 11 and 30. It, it was embarrassing. But, you know, for a playoff atmosphere, those guys, when Cleveland was going nuts, LeBron and everything else. So um, Before you they, recap the whole thing, yeah. let me jump in there a little bit. Sure. Some keys. It looked like Golden State. Not going to run away with it, but it looked like they had enough cushion in there for a little bit that it looked like, okay, they're starting to pull away a little bit. And then Sack made that, you know, comeback. Sack didn't really, I mean, 12 of 32 overall didn't shoot great. One of the big points or big items there, uh, offensive rebounds, 17 to 9. You know, coming into this series, they're great on offense, but. Real mediocre on defense. I gotta give him credit for defense in this game. Yeah, their their defense picked it up later. Uh, they they really did. I thought one of the keys to the game, which I thought would benefit Gold State in the second half, was Looney really kind of controlled the low post and like really shut down Sabonis because Sabonis had a hell of a year. So I was like, you know what? At halftime, I felt pretty good because I feared Curry and Clay would get a little hotter and Sabonis had been controlled by Looney. But uh, someone named De'Aaron Fox really, really took over in the second half. And that dude, kind of, he, he kind of just did his own thing in the third quarter and the fourth quarter. Um, the uh, Mike Brown told the, uh, the halftime announcer, say, hey, we want to run in the second half. And they did. They went on a ran. They went on a nice, like, 15-2 to run um, because uh, – Mike Brown, who obviously was a Golden State assistant coach for some of their titles, he knows them as well as anyone else does, as well as Steve Kerr. Um, his theory was, if we're going to beat Golden State, we got to do it in transition and not let them set up a half-court defense because Golden State's always been a pretty half-court savvy defensive team. But the Kings, with their younger team and quicker team, if you don't let teams set up a half-court defense, it's easy to expose them, and they did. Uh, Darren Fox had a hell of a game. He probably is going to go off every game this series from the flicks of it. And Malik Monk, who's never probably really turned out to be a, a great player in the NBA, like he's been decent. He he kind of went off too. He had himself a hell of a game. He dropped thirty two points. And freaking Trey Lyles, who's some just random dude, hit four threes. And man, every three he hit was kind of a momentous point. Um, so as the uh, as the Kings won the third quarter. 36 to 29. Obviously, they had momentum. The place was going crazier. They had the cowbells going. Um, Chris, that led us to having a really entertaining fourth quarter. Yeah, most definitely did. Sorry, something. It's kind of like you're chopping up a little bit, but um, yeah, we it did. And like I said, that they had that, that little lead, and and then it shrunk up. And just kind of back and forth down the stretch. Both teams kind of looked like they were going to – they had a great chance to win it. Wiggins had an open look. Um, you know, the, the last shot was a tough one, you know, having to kind of put it up one hand, one foot for Curry. But, um, yeah, Fox, man, once he gets decided, and he usually decides that he's going to the rack, um, he can just eat you up. And 
He doesn't have to get all the way to the rack. He's really good at looking like he's going to try to put his head down and drive, then pull up from like 8 or 10 or 12 feet. He's really great at that. And then he led the league in points in the clutch time, which we know the clutch time is five minutes, five-point game. He, he was the best player in clutch this year. And uh, he, he was exactly that. And overall, though, I thought it was a good showing considering. And I think ultimately we'll see um, that defense catch up to Sacramento, or there, should I say lack of defense. I want to give him a lot of credit for that first game. But I think ultimately um, Golden State, just to get to the prediction part of this, because we're going to predict all the series too, I think Golden State will get this thing done. Um, had they have won game one, I'd say game six. Maybe it'll be seven, but I say Golden State in six or seven. I'm going to stick with you and take Golden State in six. I do think that the Sacramento team is fun. They're exciting. I'm happy for that fan base. That's been a legit diehard fan base. Um, and, again, I know that Steve Kerr knows so much more than I ever will, but I do think that they went about under – Yes. They, they, but, man, they went under the screens so many times – and Wiggins kind of has become their new, like, best defender for the Warriors. Uh, last year, Clay is just not quite as fast as he used to be. But there were so many ga- uh, times in the game of game one where, like, Malik Monk or uh, De'Aaron Fox would do a pick and roll, and they went under the screens. It was like time and time again they'd hit a three. So I'm guessing that must have been, like, a, a scouting report idea. I'm assuming tonight, when that game starts here in a little while, that that will be not quite the case. Like, you can't let De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk hit three after three after three on you and give them a lot of space. Maybe those guys shot lights out. Maybe that's the best performance they'll have all 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 um all playoff series. But I think the defense will be a little more aggressive uh, because if you let both those guys get hot again, then it could be a, a situation where my Coles and I just made the wrong pick for that series. But And lastly, um, I think Curry gets on a little bit of a heater tonight. He... He had himself a pretty chill game. Like, he didn't have that moment where he hit 10 in a row or Clay had a, a quick stretch in the fourth quarter, but uh, they, they did a good job of maintaining Curry, and he didn't really get on too hot of a streak. He had a, he had a kind of a quieter game for his standards. Um, and this is simply not the deepest team as they've used to be. Like, DiVincenzo is one of their better players, and that guy's not, like, one of the stars they used to have. So I'd be curious to see. I'm with you, Chris. I do think they went in six. Um, I, I, I think there'll be fun high scoring games and, uh, I don't think we'll see any 87 to 92 wins in this series. I think it's going to be 115s, 120s all series, which is great for viewing fans and everyone else involved. All right. On to the Memphis Grizzlies and the LA Lakers, a very competitive game. Um, I thought down the stretch that, you know, both teams, you know, had a legit, chance to win it, um, and I'm talking about not the stretch of like maybe the last few minutes, of course. Um, it did seem like, you know, the Lakers would get up and then, you know, Memphis would kind of come back, get up, come back, and they actually, you know, look, it, it was it was an even game, basically, was it if, if 65 to 59, Memphis had a good second quarter, um, obviously John going out in this game you know, weighs heavily on this, no doubt. Like, it's, it's a major thing. Now, I have seen on, you know, the NBA Twitter that, you know, flashing the record of no jaw Moran. That is true. If you look at the last season without jaw, they played really good. 
but let's remember that's during the regular season. Okay, so that's that's a, you know that's a different game. Um, pretty much kick and tack, you know, for the for the third quarter. I think that's where the Lakers made the run in the third quarter, kind of mid to late in, in, in stretched. You know, uh, I think they got into double digits for a second, but they were up ninety six ninety. And they just got really hot down the stretch. They shot 53% from the field, hit 16 threes. And uh, besides that, the shoulder thing from Davis for a second, you're like, oh, no, did the shoulder come out? You know, like, what's going on? Because that's basically like AD, you know, that's really what's holding them back from being, you know, the top five, top seven guy, um, hands down in the league has just been injuries the last couple of years. You know, the healthy year that they had where they both came in healthy, we saw what happened. Um, but, you know, I just think they shot better and the role, plays, role players played better. And obviously Reeves down the stretch, you know, made a lot of buckets. And uh, um, Gonzaga center or power forward center, uh, Shimir, what's his name? Hashimura. Hashimura. I mean, he played phenomenal. Five of six from three, 29 points. Um, yeah, they just they had a really good all-around game. And they just, down the stretch, they, they put the game out of reach. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you and this is probably as true for any sport, kind of you can understand, like, whoever has the best quarterback won a football game. Whoever has the best players on the court in basketball normally you can say is a good chance of winning. And there's, if healthy and locked in, there's no team in basketball that seriously has two better players than LeBron and AD, if healthy and locked in. I know LeBron's older, but the dude still has, he, he can still ball out. Anthony Davis is one of the toughest players to guard in basketball. So if these guys have a rhythm going, good luck beating them. Who gives a shit that they're the seventh seed? This team is loaded. and for the last two months of the season, they've been playing arguably the best basketball in the league. Their defense has been incredible. And when you have two stars, that gives less pressure on your role players, and those role players are really developing. I know I'm sure my co-host would wish that Vanderbilt was still on the team because that dude's a hell of a defender, or at least was in Minnesota at his time there. Russell can score. This Reeves kid just keeps to keep getting better and better as time goes. And Dennis Schroeder, like that dude's a legit veteran who's been in the playoffs for about the past five or six years. As a backup point guard, there ain't many better. I'm not saying he's like an elite player, but when you have like seven years of playoff experience and you just can score, like that's a good piece to have. They have so many pieces. And Anthony Davis plus 27 game one. D'Angelo Russell plus 20. Like that team, Chris, if they just keep sticking to what they're doing of late, and you have LeBron AD healthy, and you have guys surrounding them who are, you know, they're, they're the right pieces. Like a couple of years ago, the Lakers had LeBron AD, but they, were, they, they kept trying to, like, fix the people around them, and it didn't mesh. Like, obviously. It's funny, too, because that original players, they've done good. Their original role players, they've done good where they've been at, and maybe True. they shouldn't have got as rid as many of those. Guys, that the whole media and fan base is like, dude, get rid of what the hell? This they won the championship with those guys, 
Maybe they yeah. should have got rid of all those. You know what I mean? That, 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 yeah, I'm with you. And then, but you're right. The fit is better. Fit is better. This fit is good. Um, and now to to also say the um, for Memphis again, this team they have their swag to them. This team talks a lot of trash. But you can say, what has this team accomplished? They've had, for the last handful of years, they've had very good regular seasons. But, and I'm not necessarily a hater. Last but no, two lot, years. Last two yeah, years. Last two years. The, the, they, they do talk their fair amount of smack. But big picture, what have they accomplished truly? Now, this team does have Jaron Jackson, who won Defensive Player of the Year. Bain is a great three-point shooter, good wing player. John Morant is up there with like top ten toughest players to guard. So this team is good, but it's, it's almost on the outside too. Yeah, but it's almost just like the the way they carry themselves. They've almost like achieved more verbally than they have on the court. Like, could this team win the series? A hundred percent. Now they need John to be healthy, but this is a good team, Chris. But are they going to be able to st- step over a huge hurdle? and knock off LeBron AD, I'm not sure. It's almost just like a lot of times, like for the like for the Warriors, they went through the growing pains of losing like some series to the Spurs and the Clippers. They kind of finally nudged their way up there and built their way up. It's almost like when you listen to the guys talk, like Memphis is like, they feel they're there, but this team, I think they have to continue to maybe go through a couple of growing pains. Obviously, this LeBron AD is going to be a huge challenge, but um, the Memphis team is good as hell. The, 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 the record they had in the tough West they had this year was phenomenal. It, it's no joke of a team. But do they have the veteran experience in the overall team to knock this Lakers team off? I'm not sure they do, especially if Jaws Riss is acting upon him now too, Chris. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, you know, not having Adams – and for sure not having Brandon Clark, who he was an offensive rebound killer against the Wolves last year. Um, He's a good five-tool guy. Yep, and he comes in off the bench, and he's just a good-ass player. And we know, you know, Triple J, really solid young player, man, no doubt. But he gets a lot of fouls. So, you know, he's he plays a huge role. I think that hurts him, too. Um, and being a Minnesota sports fan in general, I'm, I'm very, uh, I really know the coulda, woulda, shouldas, you know, coulda, we coulda, if we woulda, man, we shoulda, you know, I've, I've, already, I've been through that, right? But coulda, woulda, shoulda last year, when you look at those three games out of six games in that series to give up 10 point leads in the fourth quarter, uh-huh. the experience level. Of the the main hitters for LA, and they basically got the same team back, right? Except without Clark, because um, Adams didn't. Well, Adams got it was a little different last year because Adams got played off the floor because that's when Cat was on five and he can't he can't do nothing with Cat, so that's why he didn't play much in that series. But he's, he's still a good ass piece, especially for if you want to. You know, they they draw a lot of fouls, as we know the Lakers. Uh, historically, but this team, they draw a lot of fouls. Whether you think that's the NBA playing games or not, they do. Um, and, and so that those those pieces don't don't help, you know, as well. Um, now, was it a six-game series or seven? Was it six games last year with uh, Golden State? Or was it seven? Oh, God. Um, Either way. I, yeah. Um, I mean – 
they won the chip, right? And they they gave Golden State plenty to think about in that series, including like a forty point victory or whatever that was, right? Like they haven't done a ton. That is true, and they do carry themselves a little over the top, no doubt. Well, more than a little. They they play, six they say six two, game they, series. Six yeah. Games. So. Um, yeah, that one thirty-four to ninety-five. That was that one game. Um, it's so that I mean they did get beat by the champs, right? So which way more experience and all that. But even with the healthy jaw, I like the Lakers, and I'm gonna be, you know, like a broken record. Game game six or game seven. Being that they won game one, I feel like it's gonna be game six in L.A. They and I will say, with Ja, if his wrist is hurt, they do have a lot of experience playing without him. Um, last year, last year he was hurt. This yeah. year he was hurt. He they also got a great just, record. Yeah, they got a great record with him. Out and, and this but year, obviously, the regular season. Yeah, he had a little bit of his trouble. Okay, no one, no one's perfect. Okay, if, if I had a lot of money at his age, I'd probably be making some dumb choices too. So. You know, I they, wouldn't they be flashing did. guns at a club, but yes, no. you're right. No one's perfect. True. <laughs> I don't know if I do that, but um, so I'd do some other dumb shit. Yes, um, but with that being with him off the court in the playoff time, you know he is their yeah. go-to guy. Yeah. He had some playoff games last year against Minnesota Golden State where he mm. was really hard to guard, and they don't yeah, have get a triple double. If his shots off, he's getting a triple double. Yeah. And because and and then that makes a guy like Desmond Bain, who's a great shooter, open. When John Morant can feed and distribute the ball, he's open. Desmond Bain's not going to take you off the dribble so much. That it, it just he really kind of is the piece that clicks it because when one yeah, guy's almost guardable, yeah, he he gets them all rolling. So I'm going to take Lakers in five. I think if the wrist is banged up and they just get, I think if they dig themselves a hole sure. and get down two zero in Memphis, that they they're they'll they'll be sent home packing in Memphis again for game five. So I'll take Lakers a little quickly. And that Lakers team, man, they're trending the right way. I know a lot of times in NBA seeds, the seeds do matter. This is a seven seed, but man, this is a brutal ass seven seed because this team is not playing like a seven seed normally would. So I'll take Lakers in five. And talent wise, it's banged up, but talent wise, you wouldn't really look at the Wolves as an eight seed, you know, talent wise. True. And you damn sure wouldn't look at the fifth, sixth, and seventh seed as those seats if you look at the talent. So that's, yes. you're right about that. It's definitely not just the late years. Golden State, like every lower seed doesn't look like that, but um, three out of the four uh, performed a lot better, especially in the third quarter. We keep bringing that up because I'm a Timberwolves fan. We're not going to go deep into that series. I just did a show about it. But, um, you know, it is what it is. Now, Short-handed Clippers, up end, upset Phoenix. Um, no champagne, no champagne. Cameron Payne, doubtful for that game. Didn't play doubtful for the next game. I gotta admit, I forgot about that. We hadn't played him not long ago, the Timberwolves, and he always tears us up. And he was a key component in that game. Um, that's huge because they relied on six players basically getting the majority of the minutes. And when you look at some of these starters and yeah, you know, Booker's a, a fresh player. We get that part, man. We, we definitely do. But 45 minutes for Durant, this thing didn't go into overtime. 
Chris Paul, 39 minutes. I repeat, this thing didn't go into overtime. Um, wow. I mean, they have some good role players. Okogie's a good role player just to, for minutes. He was in the starting lineup not long ago. Um, you know, the, the center coming off the bench can get blocked shots, but they really need that key player because if they're going to – we know their bench, they're figuring it out. You know, they, they've only played eight games together or nine games. I think they're eight. No, they, this is their first loss. But we can say this and that and that. And I brought up, you know, freaking campaign. But, you know, they didn't have freaking Paul George. Uh, now, given the Clippers do have experience going far in the playoffs – and playing above their level, missing a star. We saw that with Leonard um, not long ago with, you know, when they had him out. Boy, he looked like he's ready to go, and all that load management is going to pay off. Paul George, according to quote-unquote sources, will not come back for this uh, series. Now, it's sources. It's not an official thing from the team. They haven't ruled him out or whatever, as far as I'm, I've seen. Uh, maybe something popped up lately, but um, even if it's a game five, six, seven, that would be a while to get him back. But to get that first game, Marshall, that's key. And, and we know that you know the whole core of, or the two great players haven't played a lot of games together per se, considering they've been together for a while. We know that's been an issue. But whether the guys have been on this team here for a while or been in the playoffs for a while. These guys have played a lot, and they're deep. I mean, they didn't play Covington. They didn't play Morris Sr. They didn't play some of these guys. So they're deep, and they're not afraid to – I mean, Westbrook had one of the best 3 of 19 games you can have, you know. Um, He'll probably shoot better, but will he play as dynamic a defense down the stretch, you know. Um, Is this a one-off? Or is this a seven-game series, my friend? Because that's a big, big win. And we know, gluing this thing together midseason, look what happened to Dallas, right? Look what happened to Dallas when they made a trade. They went from, like, third or fourth and dropped the fuck out. So we know they haven't had an extra 15, 18 games that they normally would have um, after this trade for Durant. Gluing it together and in depth, Um this one's going seven or six, uh, in my opinion. Oh man, um, I'll I'll be a little quicker on this one because it's not the Warriors or LeBron. Um, I I think that the you biggest issue like about seven guys on this team too. I think the biggest issue is um, if you look at the the Suns bench, um, only one player played over. Uh, uh, single-digit minutes, that was uh, Shemet, or Laundry Shamet from um, Wichita State, Shemet Shamet. Okay. Um, he played 24 minutes, he was minus 14. Uh, Wayne, Wayne, Wainwright, minus 12. Akogi, minus 10. Bayombo, minus 11. Lindale, minus 8. And Ross, minus 1. So the whole bench was freaking minus. So that tells you that when the Suns ever did make subs to use the bench, the bench played like shit. And as you said, all the stars were playing almost over 35 minutes to everyone apiece, a couple of them 40 or higher. So I think that's a massive issue, Chris. A, the Suns have less of a bench. 
B, you know the Clippers, when they play at home, do crazy weird shit in the playoffs. Like, this team at home, it's they've had some last couple of games last years where, like, Terrence Mann becomes, like, a Curry-Clay mold of into one. Like, so the fact you won game one and the fact that KD and um, Chris Paul and Booker only played together for nine games in the regular season, I just think all these signs of a lack of a bench, lack of a cohesiveness, and KD can't do it all on his own, and mind you, if healthy, Kawhi is pretty much on a given night just as good as KD. Like, but it's just the dude seems to pretty much take a – it seems like he's disappeared for the last three years. So with all that being said, I'll take the Clippers. I think they'll win in, in game six on their home turf. Um, just the lack of depth. And, again, if, if it's a head-to-head Kawhi versus KD, at least this Clippers team has just a little more team chemistry and – for their bench, Chris, you had they had nine players play. the 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 lowest played minute guy was Bones Highland. He played thirteen minutes. He was plus thirteen. And that's a tight game. It wasn't so sort of blowout, you know. Y- yeah, and, and so I mean, the Clippers bench played only eighteen minutes plus sixteen. Bones Highland plus thirteen, thirteen minutes. Terrence Mann, who's a playoff special freak, plus thirteen, twenty four minutes. And Norman Powell plus eleven. So their bench offered points, and actually some of the starters for the Clippers were minus. So I just think that there's too much ride against Clippers, or against Suns from a statistical standpoint. Yeah, so I'll take Clippers in six. There you go. Um, I'm going to take the Suns in seven. I'm going to take the Suns in seven. Um, I like Denver to win. Not much to talk about in the first uh, game. Um, if you, you know, disagree and you think, you know, the Timberwolves are going to win, you, can chart, you know, go ahead and say it. But other than that, um, as far as in just kind of breezing through the other, now I think Boston and Philly just won. They're up two zip now. So when you look at, I think if Boston and Philly are going to roll, I don't think that's going to be that great of a series. Maybe the, the, the other team gets one. I don't think they get two. Uh, you know, being up two zip really helps your sweep, but we'll see. I think it'll be, you know, five games or whatever. Um, so that kind of knocks those two out, in my opinion. Now, do you think, I would say. Uh, do you think your Wolves win a game in Minneapolis, or, or do they somehow yeah. maybe win two games in Minneapolis? They got a chance to win two. It kind of matters, uh, Rudy and Ant, uh, health wise, sure. but maybe. But I think okay. those, I don't think they're going to get swept. I don't think they're okay. going to get swept. Fair enough. Um, now, so those two series, I, I like those within five games. Both could be a sweep, yes, but I, I think I don't think either one will go six, in my opinion. Um, okay. Now Miami in Milwaukee is kind of funky because of Giannis, um, and just this, not. I think I think Milwaukee wins the series. No doubt. It's not a, especially with Hero out now. Um, now, it makes it interesting because, you know, the Heat won game one and we don't know where Giannis is. So I'm kind of looking long term. Even if they have to go six or seven games, I think Milwaukee will win even without a full strength Giannis. The only thing I'd look at that series is, even though the MRI, looking at the thing right now, it says uh, not the actual MRI, but, you know, it says it was a clean bill. He's optimistic, or Bucks are optimistic that he'll play in game two. 
Um, I think they're very capable of winning that series with a 50 to 75% or miss in one, one or two games. Maybe I think that they can still do it in Milwaukee because they have a lot of parts. They have guys that can take over. They have, uh, they, they're a deep team. They're, they're solid team. They've been glued together for a while. So that's basically my thought on that, that series. And the biggest one is, um, you know, the Knicks in Cleveland and the fact that the Knicks, uh, you know, got the job done in game one. Before we get to that one where we'll break that series down a little bit, what are your thoughts in general? You know, I mean, do you think, you know, without Giannis that Miami could win that series? Uh, or do you think they will? I mean, if they could, could have, would have, should have. But do you think they will? Um, because I, I still think they got the, the team, the, de- the doubt to beat them. Uh, you know, I was, it was funny because I was talking to my, uh, coach on a way to a game and I talked, it was weird how the Heat have, like, they had that run, Chris, where it was like Duncan Robinson, the hero, and Butler and Bam, they really kind of like, you know, they made the title. And then I was saying about how that this was there for the playing, their second playing game. And I was like, you know, I, I feel like that team is kind of taking a step down the playoff time because as Duncan Robinson kind of got, you know, exposed and not quite the player he was, it kind of like became like Struess and Vincent were like their two main guards all with Butler. And I just felt like those guys were kind of just, whenever I watch them play, just not quite the same players they were. And then in that play-in game, you know, Struess drops 34th Butler and they win. And I was like, kind of had to shut my mouth that night. So I still don't know if this team of Struess and Vincent and Butler now with Hero out can carry a team. Um, but there, this is probably the most, along with Golden State, the most ve- East Coast, most veteran-savvy team left in the in the playoffs yeah. for the East side. Now, I'm not saying they're the best, but, but this I agree. team. They've been there, done that. And Udonis has them. That dude, he, they keep him around every year literally as a player coach, but this is last year. But if there was one team that could beat a team that they're less skilled than, and, you know, Jimmy Butler's a dog come playoff time, it wouldn't surprise me if it was Miami. Like, again, they shot lights out game one. Can they do that again? I'm not sure. But I don't see Milwaukee sweeping them in Miami. Like, this this Heat team, it's like there's too much veteran savviness for me to just say, hey, like, Milwaukee's going to come and clean up shop. Because my same coach I was talking to, she's like, oh, I think Milwaukee's going to sweep Miami. Like, easy. That's a 4-0 sweep. And on paper, you know, probably maybe look that way to some people. But um, Giannis maybe takes a game off. You never know. Like, I'll take the Bucks. I think the Bucks win in. Uh, oh, I, I, I can't. I can't backtrack. I think the Bucks win in seven. I think that Miami is able to defend their home turf a little bit. You already got one in the sure. pocket, so at very worst, it's my uh, the Heat losing five. But I'll take the Bucks in seven. I think the Heat win another one with uh, Jimmy doing special things because that's what he does in the playoffs. So yeah, Bucks in seven. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stick. Too much savviness, I think, for that team to get bounced out quicker than that. And then what's your thought process with the other two series before we get to Cleveland and in the Knicks? Because I feel like those are five-game max. Yeah, uh, the the only thing I heard negative about Boston was people really – the players and the – the players haven't really bought in with the coach. Like the knock is that they don't really trust the guy. Uh, Obviously that Udoka guy was – Maybe not. Funky, nice first funky scenario. 
But yeah, it's like I, it's rare that you hear the actual media reports about how the players and the team doesn't really gel well with the coach. That's not something you normally hear from a team that's having a good year. Like it's one thing to trash a coach when a team's having a bad season, but Boston went fifty-seven and twenty-five. And the players don't buy in with the coach. So it kind of makes you think like, huh, like those reports must be true. And they are winning games, but they're clearly not buying into them entirely. That does scare me down the road. We're going to play a better team. I do think they have enough skill, though, with like Brown Tame to. But their talent, for, exactly. Yeah, the talent, talent for this round, sure. So I'm with you. I think maybe Atlanta wins one game at home. They seem to do that every series, you know. And, and I'm with you also, 76ers. But my only thing with him, Chris, is like, you, this team has been hyped for like the last decade, and you have still yet to make an Eastern Conference. It hasn't finals. been a decade. Calm down. It's been decade. close. Ten years. It's it, it's at least been seven or eight ten years. Where the NBA media covers That's not loves ten years. The, no, <laughs> it, okay, within seven well, to ten years. Major market with an MVP caliber guy, so you know they're going to spend I, you know years and years. This is the year. But it's like, man, that team is yet to make an Eastern Conference Finals. Like, do something for me, They didn't even make Philly. the playoffs in 2015. Remember, they were on the damn, uh, I mean, how long did it make? They didn't even make the, come on, hold on. They were trusting the process. Oh. 2017, 2018 is the first time they made the second round. So right. It feels like 10 years. They were trusting <laughs> the process for half your day. All right. So, okay. So, come so on. My- my numbers are off a little bit, but <laughs> since the process has been created or moved on no, but to you're the right. chapter. Yeah, you're right, Doug. The last four to five years for sure. It's been a lot of hype, so prove it to me. Like, maybe have this year be the year where you make a run, and then we'll see. Um, I, like I you don't said, think... at least to the conference finals, you know? Yeah, no, if it, Cam Thomas, Cam Thomas probably have to drop 45 one game. I don't know if he can, but I this one, out of all the series, predict a sweep. I think this would be your best chance for a sweep out of any in the NBA. So, but yeah, uh, uh, maybe a gentleman sweep or regular sweep. I don't know. We'll see about that. But yeah, I think uh, Boston and 76ers um, should easily get through. Hopefully, no injuries, you know, come up. Because, man, for Philly, that seems like the Hardner beat have always seemed to get hurt. And then kind of Maxi has to do a lot of stuff with, Especially you know, with, beat, man. It yeah. Beat's one of those guys, you know, that just has that vibe. Uh, uh-huh. just, just, you know, get hurt at the worst yep. time. He's got the Chris Paul thing, except way younger in his years at the time. Um, True. So we got the Knicks come up with a big win. Um, it's not like neither team shot the lights out by any stretch. Um, I mean, it was, if you look at, they had an advantage the Knicks did on the boards, 51 to 38. That was pretty big. Um they just, they just, they just, you know, finished it off. The points off turnovers were huge for Cleveland. Um, you know, the Tibbs was basically like, "All right, Mitchell, you're going to get yours. Make everyone else beat you." And you know, some guys on the team did have a. I mean, you keep them under a hundred, and the Knicks are going to win a lot of games. You can say that all about a lot of teams. I'm sure Brunson went off. Um. I mean, shit, Bird had a really very mediocre game. Hart was big. Um, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I thought Allen had a good game. Some people had good games. Mobley didn't, really. But, um, yeah, it just gave me that Tibbs vibe of, 
all right, dude, you know, you're going to get yours, but who, who else is going to beat us? We're going to force them to win the series. Uh, you know, what surprised me about this series as well is uh, it was a very trendy pick in Vegas for people to take the Cavs to win the series by a game and a half. So that was kind of like one where I obviously didn't see the teams play that much this year. But when I was like, damn, if everyone's staying in Cleveland to win the series by at least two games, I was like, well, shit. And then so then to see the scoreboard finish the way it did, I was like, all right, well, I'm happy I didn't follow that pick in Vegas because if you need the Cavs to win a series by two games now, they can't. Well, they, they got to pretty much sweep them. Um, That's right. And, he, and even in the game, uh, just – when I was watching, uh, the Cleveland had a bit of a lead in the third quarter. And I was like, okay, you're you're at home. You're going to take care of business. And, you know, um, Randall had been a little banged up near the end of the season, so I don't think he had a, a 100% healthy Julius Randall. I, mean, I think he's obviously okay to play, but maybe not 100%. So all the signs of what I was hearing was like, all right, well, hey, Cleveland's going to win the series pretty easily, uh, you know. Uh, but as you said, you lose game one at home court, which obviously is pretty rare in the NBA. Normally, the NBA is you protect your home turf pretty well. Um, I'm I'm with you, Chris. Uh, the one interesting thing is that the Thibodeau is normally always like kind of a defensive mastermind. I know that game one was low scoring, but the Knicks actually played at a super high pace this year. He kind of flipped his own script for once. Yeah. Because if you look at like the Knicks were like really up tempo. And like, kind of played a different ball, like Tibbs forever in Chicago and Minnesota. Uh, and even with the Knicks, has pretty much been kind of a really defensive oriented guy. And this year, if you look back, especially like the last month of the season, the Knicks were having lots of like 110, 115 games. And that's not really been his MO. So maybe he's got a, a different type of DNA with this team. And maybe that's going to work for him. Like, I. I just it just it surprised me and, I, and obviously come playoff time you you're gonna see teams with lower scoring games in general just because playoff teams buckle down more and you've had right. you always have that game plan but I mean Brunson the guy that Mark Cuban was complaining about losing a few weeks ago he scored 27 uh, that dude proved he was a playoff gamer last year and he showed again this year and again we've kind of talked about bench for a couple of series um, on our on our podcast today. Uh, if Josh Hart's dropping the 17 off the bench, that's, you know, hell, we'll take that any day. So um, I, I'm with you, Chris. I think this series does go long. But if you have the idea, mindset of, okay, as you've said a few times, Mitchell, we'll let you score 35 a game. Cool. But kind of like that, you know, Jordan theory of, like, we'll let Jordan, yeah, and you grant Jordan, bad example, but, Teams like let Jordan get his and try to stop everyone else. Okay. Yeah, Shaq. I mean, there's been plenty of this stuff. Yep. And and so if, if your theory is okay, Mitchell, you go, you go do you. Okay, we're gonna let you do that. Is a player like Garland or Mobley gonna be able to like, you know kind of be the Batman or Robin? I don't know. Like right. Mobley had a tremendous mm-hmm. year, but is he a guy that can carry you coattails? when Tibbs has a game plan surrounded to slow down Mitchell. And Garland, like, I think people kind of like the guy. He's been pretty good for the past handful of years. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's good. He is. Good but, again, is he is he a higher-level caliber player come playoff time? I I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll see it. Right. So, um, if I had to pick this series, which obviously we need to do, um, I think <laughs> Nick's win at home was big. I think you have a, a little bit of a coaching edge. 
And Madison Square Garden is another one of those just fun places, much like Oracle. And, uh, it's, yeah. and the, the Knicks normally don't get embarrassed in Madison Square Garden normally. So I will take Knicks to win the series on their and home. They first. have a Robin now, the Knicks. You know, they have a real deal Robin now who played it. You know, for Dallas was going off. He was the Robin last year for Luca. Yeah, and he in those games when Luca was was out resting, he he did his part. Uh, so yeah, I will take the Knicks to win in Madison Square. I think they win it in six. I was going to say the same thing, and I'm going to say it. Madison Square Garden going nuts. <laughs> I just love outside that that arena is so awesome when they get the, the video and see the Knicks fans after a victory or before. They're just the oh, best. yeah. They're, they're, they are funny as hell. Much better than those damn Laker, uh, you know, fans. Then again, if the Knicks have been dominant as the Lakers in the last 20-some years, they'd probably Ooh. be assholes too. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Um, any last words before we get out of here, sir? Uh, no, I would just say if you're looking to maybe wager on the series, as we've talked about, because obviously betting can be fun, uh, make sure you check out, like, the status of, like, a jaw or a Giannis, because, like, players like that, obviously, you yeah. know, that, that can that can dictate a series price. Or if if Giannis is out for a game, maybe they rest him for game two, the Heat probably won't be a bad team to maybe consider betting for a series price. Or at least, you know, like, jaw and Giannis are such huge factors that those can kind of dictate gambling edges. and. Obviously, you're trying to make your money this time of the year. You want to check the injury reports. And, Chris, I hope that these are the last injuries we hear about because I feel like the last, like, the three years of NBA playoffs, we've yes. had injury bugs like crazy. Yep. And we already Every have round, it now. Too. Every damn round. Like, can we just, like, let these guys, like, just really show the team there? Could we, could we have a year where, and I'm not saying I'm a fan of these teams, but could, like, da- could Denver and Clippers have, like, a healthy roster? and see if they can make the finals. Like, those teams every year are so great, and then they have bad luck. So I hope that we don't have injury bugs creep up because it, it kind of kills what, you know, what how, how fun these series can be. I know they happen, but hopefully a clean bill of health for these teams as the as uh, playoffs progress. So All right, get us out of here, sir. On that note, we will be back again next Monday. Um, I don't think any of the series will be over quite yet. I, I mean, there could be a four-game sweep. We hope not. So, as uh, uh, stay safe, stay warm. I know there's still some crazy weather going on this year, which makes no sense at all. Florida got like 20 inches of rain in a day, which is insane, or something like six Dude, inches. Dude, we had uh, four th- days of 80 last week. Four days Jesus. of 80 degrees last week, and now Lord. the temperature dropped back down. Yeah. <laughs> so stay safe, stay warm, enjoy watching basketball. We appreciate the love and support. We'll be back next Monday. The boys are out tonight. Peace. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.